Welcome to Meteor Roots Radio. This is Abby Martin. And this is Robbie Martin. Let's talk about the RNC, because this is this is really weird. This has been hyped up for months um, as the biggest shit show of the year. What's going to happen at the RNC? There's going to be neo-Nazis there from Sacramento standing in solidarity with Trump. There's going to be massive protests, hundreds of thousands of activists there anti-Trump people, there's going to be, you know, brokered convention, there's going to be protests inside, civil disobedience. Um, Instead, it was just like, no celebrities at all. It was like, wow, you're Donald Trump, you're a celebrity candidate, and you you won't even, like, dish out money to make, like, some sort of good... The only thing good-looking was, like, him coming out of the shadows. Yeah. Like, nothing at all. It was, like, conventions that I've seen in the 1950s look better. With, like, all the balloons and stuff, and, like, thing, people, like, holding up giant things and stuff. It was really mundane, boring. Um, all of his plastic family just... I was like, that's the only people that you have speaking for you is just your family. I mean, that's really not the best people. It's not, but to his base, I think that's... Yeah. That's, like, really powerful. Daddy Trump's gonna take care of you. Yeah, and it's, like, he's... It's, like, the fact that he has a family that seems so together and, like, attractive and, like, business-oriented is, like, really, like... <laughs> Impressive, I guess. How is that impressive? If you're born on, with billions of dollars in your family, obviously you're a complete well, loser if you don't like remember Mitt have semi-successful of course spawns. I know. I mean, so but I think that that's it's something that not all presidential candidates have. Yeah. So that was like that's. I mean, that's probably the only thing that he really had at the convention right. that was like right. flashy. Because you're right, it was so underwhelming. <laughs> it was so fucking. Just compared to what the hype for it was, it was very underwhelming. I just it was I like was a bad reboot of two thousand four. It was like a watered down yeah. milk toast version of like the scaremongering in two thousand four, where Giuliani said nine eleven a million times. You know what? I w- I knew it was going to be boring when I saw that bef- like the day before the convention, Colbert dressed as like a Hunger Games <laughs> character and went up on the stage and like crashed the mic, and I was like, oh no, that's going to be boring again. I was like, How this is just going to be, like, really? boring, hacky bullshit. Because like, <laughs> I just, like, it just, like, sounds like a bad omen that, like, bad, di- like, generic partisan comedy was going to be, like, you know, just executed at the RNC. Well, you know when I knew it was going to be bad? When I saw Alex Jones confront Carl Rove in the airport oh, on yeah. the way, and instead of saying anything remotely yeah. good, like, Alex Jones 10 years ago would have been, like, you're, you know, war criminal, like, said something fucking good, at least. Now he was just like, hey... He was like, hey, sorry to interrupt you. Like, went up to Carl Rove and he was just like, why? So you're not going to endorse Trump? You're not going to endorse Trump? And it was just like, what the fuck is this? And then, like, looking outside the convention and that was Trump's base. Was, like, Infowars, don't uh-huh. tread on me, people. And, um, and you know, Roger Stone. And it's just like a, it's like a game show, man. I mean, Trump's a game show host, so it might as well be. But it is a complete shit show there was 50,000 I think media personnel there from all around the world and really all the articles I read were just people trying to create stories it was like media people all in the internet cafes alongside the convention just like talking about each other because there was nothing else going on in the streets so it was completely pathetic Um, but inside the convention it was boring as hell dude Trump's speech was the longest speech given by any candidate in history yeah it was like over an hour and it was just him I mean if that, and that was scripted well I didn't realize that well that might have been why it was so boring because I I, try, I actually tried watching <laughs> Trump's speech after this event 
It was like the, the, the finale to this event they went to was a watch party of Trump's speech at the GOP convention. Yeah. And um, I was just sitting at the bar with all these drunk, depressed, Hillary-supporting Democrats in suits, and they were just all like... Right. They all seemed bored by it, too. I mean, there was parts where they were like, oh, no, but, like, we were just... It was boring as fuck. I tuned yeah. out, like, halfway through. Yeah, and he kept... That thing that he kept saying was just like, man, it was, like, totally just Reagan-esque. You know, the law and order, law and order. All he was like, what are you talking about? All law and symbolic, order. symbolic, unsubstantial crap was all posturing like alluding to black on black crime and just saying like all this crying you know just all this like racist dog whistling just alluding to like black people basically Mm -hmm. and like the cops getting shot it was just so so ridiculous um and it is weird that he seemed to be picking up on a lot of just the stuff that giuliani promoted as you know that law and order thing reminded me of it reminded me of sort of like the yeah the Giuliani Giuliani era of New York City yeah, where it was exactly. like we're gonna crack down on crime but right. it is like racial code you know stop and frisk yep. all that hard and like removing all the homeless people mm-hmm. somehow like where they all go I mean all that kind of stuff that Giuliani did that seemed very like amazing to all these conservatives you know that all the, yeah, like, yeah, there's yeah. A, a dark side to all of it right um, <laughs> Trump seems to have adopted like some of those specific yeah things that Giuliani used to say so yeah, yeah. that makes me feel like he just keeps adding to his campaign right especially after he's the inevitable nominee it's like I feel like I actually this is the this is the thing I think people are underestimating is once that happened and when you know you you noticed the media yeah. was already like okay like yeah. now he's got a beautiful family now we should have to accept this I actually think that people have underestimated the fact that his campaign platforms and his like rhetoric is going to get like more dialed in. Yeah. Cause there's going to be more people who will right. feel the same way who are insiders who maybe before didn't feel comfortable. Yeah, yeah, now yeah, they'll yeah, advise yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to get tightened up. Over yeah. 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 He's going to get polished. He's going to mm-hmm. get all the talking points are going to be tight. This way. Yeah. It's, gonna it's just going to be like Giuliani 2.0, but just weirder. Um, and, and his, and his vice presidential candidate is so weird too. Mike Pence. He looks like a bust. You know what I mean? He just looks like a statue. Mm-hmm. Total bore. <laughs> he looks like Don't a- remember one thing he even said no. in this speech. All I know is that he's very generic, like anti-abortion. He's really pro-life and he's anti-gay. He even tried to pass like a preemptive ban on same-sex marriage in, his, in Indiana. So there you go. I mean, Mike Pence, the bust. Total bust. He, and he, yeah, he just looks like... First of all, I thought it was funny that he was very chiseled, very broad-shouldered, very present, presentable, very telegenic-looking. Yeah. But then shorter than Trump, like noticeably shorter, not <laughs> just like a little with bit. Smaller hands. Yeah, like, like at least five inches shorter. Or am I remembering wrong? Like he was that much shorter, right? So, um, yeah. So like, just terrible VP picks all around for both of them, except guy that Trump picked, I mean, that's not going to hurt him in any way. That'll actually help him. The person that Hillary picked seems like a much riskier kind of choice, but maybe her strategy will pay off in trying to get Republicans to join her. Um, yeah, We'll have to see. Her, her vice presidential pick is so hilarious because it's like, he speaks Spanish, so he's going to get the, he's going to rile up people against Trump and get these Latinos on board. It's like, then why don't you just fucking pick a Latino guy? 
Why did you just pick this like generic kind of wishy-washy Republican-esque man who speaks Spanish? It's like great, great job. Yeah. What are you guys thinking? It's like I don't know who the hell's running her campaign from the logo to the social media stuff to like her being like delete your account. It's like damn, dude. You guys are fucking bad. And like that vine of her going like I'm just chilling. And it says, like, chillax, Hillary. It's Mm -hmm. like, who is doing this? Why? No young people like you. You're so bad. Well, the sad thing is they do. That's the scary thing is that people, like, there are, like, um, generic, not, I wouldn't (laughs) call them feminists, but they're, like, feminist icons to people, like Laura, Lena Dunham, and, like, the Broad City Show. Oh, God, that's They, like, are basically part of her campaign. I even saw Lady Gaga post an uh, uh, endorsement of her. Is that bizarre? I just don't. I just don't get it. So it's there all, are it all fell who, into the woman stuff, man. Yeah. Let's keep talking about the RNC though, because it was really weird. Newt Gingrich. Why the fuck is this man relevant? Why is he relevant enough to be speaking at the RNC? Is it because okay? First of all, we need to set the stage that there was barely any corporate sponsors, barely anyone in attendance. Truthfully, a lot of people that went said it was mostly empty the whole time. Yeah. Um, just you really see it on surreal. TV. It seemed really empty. Yeah, just really surreal. They couldn't pull any celebrities other than Scott Baio and, and the first female astronaut. Great job. Like, where's all the apprentice people? So, yeah, then, no, that's an interesting uh, it's like, thing. It's like, what the that, hell? Is that just a lack of <laughs> meat in the room to show support for him, of not just the audience members, right. whichever is the lower amount of, but even, like, you would think more famous people, yeah. but hardly any, which is does send us, uh, like, it's a clear message that the establishment, for some reason or another, is, like... Still yeah, it's like it's like boy, it's like a soft boy, not even mm. a boycott. Yeah. But it's like they're like blackballing him, yeah. or whatever. Which is it's just weird because that again doesn't mean he's good. <laughs> but for me, I don't even. know I mean, we talked about this a bunch, but I need to mention it. Is just how funny it was to me that so many people were hyping up how crazy and fascist. Like they kept posting pictures like people doing these salutes. Mm-hmm. It's like there's tons of pictures of Bernie doing that. Like the hand. If you take a. Sh- Snapshot of oh, someone yeah, at the right that's time. Stupid. Like, I'm sorry, that's but stupid. you have to be a fucking moron. Yeah. If you think that that's fascism, and the 2004 RNC convention wasn't fascism, because somebody made you can find collages of like the most heinous terrorism fear mongering you've ever heard from the RNC 2004. There was actually before Vic Berger long ago. There was a guy who who just edited together everybody saying 9/11 and yeah, terrorism yeah, yeah. from 2004, and it was like. It was just ridiculous how long it went on. It was scary. It made you feel frightened to watch. It was just like, wow. Like, this is the reality we're living in. I did not have this effect during this RNC. I have the feeling that the media and the DNC and Hillary's clamp was putting out all this bullshit fear-mongering to make it seem like we're slipping into fascism, basically. And I don't... I mean... If we are, then it was already coming. Like I don't. Well, I, what, don't I like what you said last night. Was you were like, it's kind of inevitable that the trajectory that we've been going on since nine eleven wouldn't result in fascism. So it's like, why are we surprised? Yeah, I know, it might be getting like more overtly fascist, but it's like, what do you expect is going to be the result yeah. of what's happening? And it, I guess that's maybe that's what it's like to live in a country that's creeping towards fascism. Is like you. It's like the people who knew it was happening. Or it's like, oh, okay, so you're finally realizing it, like, way too, when it's way too late? Well, yeah. thanks for, like, realizing it. Like, thanks, Hillary supporters, for maybe picking up on some of these dog whistles. <laughs> like, 
14 years after you're like totally deaf to them well it's just really sad that it's partisan now like it's yeah, partisan it's just fascism. it's ridiculous well luckily there are tons of people who are going to be in the streets and have been in the streets protesting hillary it's amazing actually robbie every protest really? that i go to like especially in the wake of the dallas shooting i was like kind of scared to go to the black lives matter protest here because i was like fuck it's going to be really small everyone's going to be like capitulating now toward like you know the cops that died and being like okay law and order <laughs> we need law and order um but it was kind of the opposite it was a huge swell of people no one was phased um and a lot of people were supporting what was happening that was the day after so i do think that it's going to be more tough to kind of shape the narrative this time if hillary becomes president i think that people really are going to disagree with a lot of stuff she's doing i really do really yeah yeah i do well, I hope that's the case. I mean, what, I, what I'm worried about is if she escalates confrontation with things like Russia, it's just going to make, pe- it's going to remove people's agency. Because the problem is even all these activists you're talking about protesting Hillary, they have like virtually, I mean, I don't mean to generalize, but they probably don't have a very good grasp or understanding of like why we shouldn't send weapons to Ukraine and stuff like yeah. that, you know? So like, I feel like if Hillary slips in something like that and she does that, we're fucked because it's like imagine a ramping up of the anti-Russian rhetoric. Like imagine it getting twice as bad as it is now. Imagine getting four times as bad. Like yeah, to me, that's what a Hillary presidency could look like, and, and that's I, really scary. And I can't help but think that like a lot of the drive of the anti-Bush stuff was just people knowing people who are getting sent to Iraq and Afghanistan. You know, or, it's like I just feel like all this Russia stuff happens behind the scenes, where it's like you're not really going to be affected by it. And Americans are so fucking narcissistic. I mean, that's the problem. I think. That's also part of why the neocons were able to... This is something I didn't really get a chance to say in a very heavy agenda, but, like, you could make the case that all that a lot of the focus on how Bush, you know, and the Republicans were so bad during the Bush administration, it, like, created this sort of general... Um, f- almost, like, focus on the wrong thing that was going on. That, like, Bush was just, like, this moron, this idiot mm-hmm. who was, like, so incompetent... I mean, that narrative we know now is like, is almost like, not that it's false, but we know that it's like not important. It's like a, it's a distractionary mm-hmm, narrative. Right. What the amount of damage, the level of competence that was enabled, that enabled the amount of damage that was created is amazing. Stellar Wind took an incredible amount of competence. Right, right, right. Uh, and being able to like cover up a torture program and have no one actually be put in prison right. or charged takes an incredible level of competence. That's why it's dangerous to say Trump's an idiot because yeah. he clearly is not. No, and yeah, to say it's the same in his kind campaign, of like yeah. yeah. That's why it's so interesting to me that only very recently did the media pick up on the fact that, like, Roger Stone and Alex Jones were, like, seemingly helping, like, part of Trump's yeah. campaign. Yeah, That's, to me, been a huge component of Trump's campaign for the whole time it's been going, that people... And let's talk about this at. kind of alt-right, um, bizarre phenomenon, that somehow it's cool. Like, look at the convention. It was the most disgusting, like, plethora of people. You know, Newt Gingrich, ugh. Well, um, should we mention Newt Gingrich's Trump, speech? Before yeah, I yeah, 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 yeah. So the Newt Gingrich speech was, I thought, was <laughs> only notable because it was the best attempt yet I've seen to bridge neoconservative policies with Trump's platform. Because all he did was he went back to that classic fear-mongering angle that, like, you know, the more, like, Muslim terrorists and, like, the, the less we address this idea of, like, Islamic radicalism... You know, the less we're going to be able to be equipped to handle the inevitable situation, which is like a terrorist dropping a nuke like in Manhattan. Mm -hmm. So he just kept going on and on about this idea that it's inevitable 
that like hyperbolic there's going to be like a nine eleven like yeah. 10 times over at some point and we're just going to look back on this era of like us being worried about what to call them and stuff it's just oh like so God. trivial so basically like a war on political correctness yeah like the war on political correct you know but like taking it to the Hilt. nth degree which <laughs> is like that we're going to all be killed with a nuke you know yeah um so that's Russian interesting plan. to me because I almost feel like some, someone like Robert Kagan that's why they're not as worried about Russia you know us being in a nuclear confrontation with Russia because they do have this belief that like they really do believe that like if an Islamic group gets a hold of a nuke then they'll just use it because they like are like a death cult like they really right, do believe right, in that right. Sam Harris right. thing you know Yep, that's Sam Harris's whole argument, is that we have to just wipe them out before yeah. they can, because they, of course, are a death cult and wouldn't hesitate to wipe us out. It's like, what? Why is just hubris and arrogance and power not dangerous enough? Like, why would, why would, I just don't understand what it is to them, where they think that that's what makes that, like, so much more of, like, a scary possibility. Yeah. Um, so, this is, it's really weird that not only you have this just homogenized like version of the Republican Party, you know, out there on the convention floor, which is just all kind of white old people. But you have this alt right, like libertarian esque, like trolley, um, like sector of people, like the Milo Yana. What well, I don't even know the fuck to say his name. Anyway, Nero, the guy that got banned on Twitter, um, and like just the Gavin McGinnis style offshoot of vice you know just this vice like alt just contrarians who just want to be like performance artists like james o'keefe breitbart idiots like they're not journalists they're performance artists assholes yeah and this milo guy is just so fake and it's just crazy that he's just he's been this like uncle tom of gay people basically it's yeah. really bizarre i mean and i and i almost think like his whole gay persona <laughs> is honestly like phony i mean in a weird way too it's like it's like the perfect kind of weird face for all this like anti-PC alt-right people because it like makes him it creates a shield it's like I'm gay and I'm gonna talk about like black on black crime and like how like trans people are whiners and like Mm -hmm. I mean he like basically uses the fact that he's gay to make it seem like you know that he's allowed to like break down all these what he what like the alt-right things is like PC barriers and that's the only reason why he's popular it's because he's thrown his yeah. own like identity under the bus to climb on himself. But don't forget that also the reason he's popular is because he sock puppeted and fought himself his way to fame. Oh, According right, to right, right. Ahmed and right. some other investigative journalists basically found that in his very early iterations of his like Twitter career, he had like ten sock puppets that would just start fights. Con- it was basically Gamergate. Yeah. Sock puppet trolling himself is how he became famous. So not only is he completely phony. Um, he also never goes after any real leftist. That's another thing that you notice mm-hmm. about him. The alt-right is very good at choosing what I would describe as low-hanging fruit, unequipped college campus liberals who, like, fell into sort of this, you know... Academic. More identity sphere. politics yeah. thing. And he only goes after those people. And it's interesting because, like, I've seen other people on the left try to bait him, not fees. Mm-hmm. Other people who have written enormously impressive hit pieces on this piece of shit... And he is such a coward, he won't respond to those people. Because yeah. he cannot argue with actual leftists. Right. Um, he's completely incapable of doing it. So, I what I say is, like, make him actually, de- like, pose that to him. Say, like, why don't you debate with actual leftists and only, like, college campus 
liberals. Mm-hmm. You know, does he like, even debate? Their parents does he even house. debate them? Like, I don't even feel like he well, really. No, I mean, but like, he doesn't even engage. He's such with a them. joke. He just yeah, like yeah, goes. Yeah. And, he acts like that's the thing. It's this thing with the alt right, and the, especially the new atheists. Why do we? Yeah, who are at this point almost identical, really? Right. Um, is that they act like that representation of liberalism, identity politics, and like this fixation on like labels and things like that. Um, is what leftism and liberalism mm. like is. So it's like, and a, that's destroying America. Also. And it's a complete misrepresentation and misunderstanding. I don't. I would give them. It would almost give me the credit to say it's a misunderstanding of it. I think they know they're misrepresenting mm-hmm. it because they're mm-hmm. like li- They're at the heart. They're phonies. They're liars. Right. I mean, let's let's break down the whole obsession with um, calling people like beta males. Like they're they think that like women have destroyed. You know that patriarchy is really important. Mm-hmm. And, like women are a threat. Like feminism is a threat right. to that. And they call people cucks, which is a reference to <laughs> cuckolding, which is like a kind of pornography that where like a guy usually is like actually like drinking sperm from like a series of black men who are just like like drinking like sperm out of his like wife's vagina have yeah. just been like fucked by like five black guys yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's like it's actually like a coded racial slur not only implying that you're a beta male who like has absolutely no agency as like a man that you're also yeah. like letting like black man like black men just like destroy your manhood so that's like the ultimate diss to them yeah which is so interesting to me because these guys are so anti-gay. They're so, like, hetero power, like, patriarchy. Like, Gavin McGinnis is... He went on Joe Rogan, and he acted like, oh, my God, man, like, if you, like... Here's the thing. Here's how, like, straight I am, man. Like, like if you put a gun to my head and you made me suck a dick every hour for, like, 30 days, by the 29th day, I would be acting exactly the same, sucking that dick. I would be like, oh, no, no, let me, don't make me suck this dick. What? Like, he was, like, acting like that's how straight he was, and I was, like... Well, why did he like, make out with Milo, though? Is on some level, they're obviously not comfortable with their sexuality <laughs> or their ma- male identity. Otherwise, they wouldn't have all these problems with women and feminism. It's right. It's clear as day. It's the same thing as homophobia. Where does it come from? You probably got... A, your penis probably got a little bit hard one day while you're thinking about something that wasn't... It's completely straight or right. something and it scared the shit out of you <laughs> so I'm sorry that you can't just become like that's the sad part yeah. it's extremely sexually repressed and the fact that they even know so much about what cuckolding pornography is is very curious yeah to it me. seems it's odd that new atheists and the alt-right people I don't even know why we're calling them alt-right they basically are just embody the same shitty they're just politics f- yeah. it's just like they think that they're trendy well they're trolls though that's yeah, their yeah, concern yeah, 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 trolls yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah totally um, but they all like know so much about pornography and have all these memes saved up it's like damn you guys like really scare the internet a lot huh you guys spend a lot of time getting those memes ready well the thing I like to do to the alt-right people that freaks about is because they are so like patriarchy like strong hetero males like whenever they start talking about my dick or like like photoshop my head in porn I'm just like wow like so you literally how long did you spend like taking my face <laughs> like putting it near other men's penises on photoshop like what are you doing right it's just actually kind of fascinating um that and it, and it is it's almost like 8chan 4chan yeah Reddit. yeah yeah it's like male kind of like boys club locker room right. vulgar internet culture turned into a political movement <laughs> and it's not and it's not really a move it's not like there's <laughs> it's no so political weird. ideology behind it right it's just right like right anti-pc right anti-college campus sjw yeah, yeah. Like that's what defines it <laughs> right 
So it's not really anything when you really think. But then it, it becomes pro cop all of a sudden once, oh, yeah, yeah, once yeah, yeah, they yeah. kill black people. It's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else about the RNC? I mean, just the whole the whole alt right presence is just so despicable to me. I just the, the Gavin McGinnis, the, these people is just sick. Like the the fact that they even have followers and people use them to rationalize their bigotry and and then to say like, look, I can't be a bigot. Um, this guy's gay, and I support him. It's yeah. like, what well, are you talking about? They're just about? contrarian. They're really aggressive contrarians who know a lot about how to like make men feel like they've been hurt. Like, like Mike brought this up last night, and I think this is key to it. It's right. like when you're young. Yeah. And I'm, I'll acknowledge this. When I was young, like my first relationship experience, where like I felt like a woman, you know, like. Like one of my first serious relationships, my girlfriend, like, like, I, you know, like I was really resentful towards her. Right. I don't know for like a few months afterwards, and I kind of like started to go global in my little teenage mind yeah. about like, man, like women, you know, like, kind of like, there's <laughs> there's fleeting misogynistic, like narcissism when you're like a teenage boy and like a woman does something, you know, kind of fucked up. To yeah, you. yeah, yeah. You know, but anybody could hurt you. Right. But like the first time, it's like when you have that first like heterosexual relationship and a woman hurts you like it's a, it's a new kind of hurt yeah, you know yeah, yeah. and I feel like a lot of these guys are have been it's like they never got out of that right because it does remind me of that like if you let that fester and you feed that feeling it's gonna balloon it's gonna turn us really ugly and yeah I, I mean I, no it's just really disturbing it's really really <laughs> disturbing um so let's talk about the DNC um 20,000 emails were just released on WikiLeaks that reveal internal emails from top DNC officials, uh, from like the communications officer to Debbie Wasserman Schultz, the head of the DNC, to some other guy. Um, and they're just incredible. I mean, you know, we know that everything's rigged. We know that the media colludes with the establishment and stuff, but it's really great when you just see proof <laughs> when emails are released. That's why WikiLeaks is so great because they didn't like redact anything. Everything is just out there for all eyes to see, and it's really embarrassing. I mean, the way that these people are, like, talking about, like, their peeps. Like, this one guy was like, you know, Bernie's Judaism wouldn't go over with, like, my West Baptist peeps. We should really emphasize this point. Like, that was, like, one of the DNC officials, like, sending out a group email. So it just, like, makes you cringe, you know, the way that these people are just, like, so condescending, so full of disdain and contempt for everything that Bernie Sanders stood for months before the voting was over. They were already just totally icing him out in these internal chains, calling him a joke, calling him a mess, um, mocking his supporters. And and, and then it goes even farther than that, where, you know, DNC heads would, like, call the heads of media departments... Um, for example, let me just read some of this stuff. Morning Joe. So Morning Joe wasn't even like sympathetic toward Bernie. He's like a Republican, you know, but instead he was just saying like, this is rigged. I think he like went on some rant one day about how like it was rigged because Bernie got way less delegates, even though he won more votes or something. Uh-huh. And um, so the DNC hit up fucking the president of msnbc phil griffin and basically told them to tell morning joe to stop being sympathetic to bernie sanders just so creepy you know that he like has time um to give talking points to the media head and like that that's taken seriously and i'm sure after that he played ball yeah and then also politico we know that political is just like a total inside baseball fucking liz wall i was a putin puppet headliner um, just terrible. You know, there's so many journalists who work for Politico that just directly are fed 
lines and stuff. And so this isn't really too surprising. We know before um, that political journalists were given like talking points by the DNC saying like use like tough and like firm and like describing Hillary Clinton. So that was already like kind of greased the skids for this story that came out with the email leaks that um, some dude at Politico and I'll call him out in a second once I find his name. Um, but he was actually consulting directly with the DNC and pre like getting them to pre-approve stories before he published them about Hillary Clinton. I mean, that is just so beyond the pale um, of what a journalist should be doing. So, yeah, I mean, after this, it's just like, is Bernie Sanders going to rescind his endorsement? <laughs> because, wow, it's like, first of all, Ted Cruz kind of made Bernie Sanders look bad by saying, like, vote your conscience. You know, it's like, damn. So, I don't know, I'm just waiting for Bernie Sanders to make his speech at the DNC because... He? Yeah, he's going to make a speech there. Wow. But, like, what is he possibly going to say? They, this is proof that they just rigged everything against him, used his Judaism against him, all these talking points to make him, like, seem like he was corrupt. It's just, like, shocking, you know? It wasn't just that he was running against Hillary, he was running against the DNC. Mm-hmm. Um, with billions of dollars behind that. Yeah. So... Well, that's the thing to me, is that it seemed like the DNC itself was against him from the very beginning. They were like annoyed that he just yeah. didn't drop out of the race or something. It was the weirdest thing to me because it was all—it was weird even from the very beginning how little serious Democrats <laughs> that we knew, like people that people, Democrats that people were familiar with, ran against him. Mm-hmm. Besides right, Bernie right, Sanders, right, right. Um, that nobody would knew those other people. Right. So. That was already weird, but then it just got weirder and weirder when it was like, when it was just Bernie and Hillary, you could tell that the DNC people like um, Wasserman Schultz and those people were like, kind of like just really annoyed that he was still there. Yeah. And it just like, it blew my mind because it's like, this is an electoral, this is like a democratic process that you should all be just adults about. But they yeah. were like clearly annoyed with him already, and I just thought that that was a difference that I had not revealing, seen before. Very revealing, yeah. And it, it's it's yeah, it's really revealing and sad. And they could have played it off and actually picked him. You know, they knew that he was inevitably going to endorse her. They could have like pulled him into the fold and really used like his support. But instead, they treated him with such contempt the whole time that it like made his supporters be like, "What the fuck? You guys are just like rigging this so blatantly." Yeah. And now these emails come out that really do prove it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it just, it's its so insane. Not only is this election just, you know, these fake scandals, and every time I'm watching the news, it's like all they do is cover tweets. It's just, who tweeted this? And let's look at Donald Trump's Twitter. It's like, what the fuck is this? But, so, <laughs> RNC was insane. DNC um, is the complete opposite in the sense that you had the RNC which was leading up to it as like the craziest event. It's going to be a brokered convention. All these people are going to be protesting Trump inside and out. They're going to not let him have the nomination, da, da, da. But in reality, it was kind of a fake contest um, because you, you, you saw everyone just unified behind him, other than, of course, Ted Cruz, which is like a half-assed thing where he still said, build the wall and all this stuff. Um, but I mean, it's just amazing how it really took virtually nothing for all the elites in the Republican Party to line up behind Trump. So it was never that the Republican Party was against Trump. It was just that these kind of elite establishment figures were against him. But it pretty quickly turned around, you know, big 180 there um, in a totally unified party and convention for him. Um, and, it, and when you say no totally protests. unified, you just mean the people who are present. 
because yeah, yeah, there was yeah, a lot yeah, of people yeah. not there. No, 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 yeah, yeah. So but I mean, I mean, there was like no dramatic anything that happened other than yeah. like a very minor disruption when they first were calling the things. I mean, I'm just comparing the it to protests how outside were pretty minor too, oh, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm just comparing it to how insane what my experience has been the last couple of days, like compared to also how the media has been covering both. But of course, yeah, we know that there was like a soft boycott of a lot of stuff and people still hate Trump. But, um, you know, it's amazing that even like John McCain has endorsed him after he said that he like was a failure for getting captured. I didn't realize that. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> so. Well, so I guess it comes, it probably comes down to the just like the choice of are you, or do you want to like be loyal to the party or like the country, you know, cause I'm sure a lot of these Republicans have convinced other Republicans that like Trump would be like really, you know, that whatever, whoever wins Trump would be awful for the country mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, yeah. I just didn't, yeah, that's crazy. I didn't realize John McCain actually endorsed him. Yeah. Um, and you know, we talked about how the Trump, how just bizarre the, the RNC was, it was kind of like this, like milk toast iteration of 2004, um, and just kind of family centric, you know, like this daddy figure, daddy Trump's going to come save us from everyone. And then, and then you have the DNC. So let's talk about the DNC. I mean, <clears throat> I was unlike the RNC where I watched the whole thing in, in my house. Um, I, I was out in the streets actually reporting on all the stuff going on and it was just absolutely insane so i kind of missed a lot of the speeches and stuff like that but i did hear, you know i read some transcripts and, and heard about what was going on but um it's just amazing what what has happened so far we're still on the third day hillary's set to speak tonight um but let's talk about what's been what's been happening so far robbie you you caught the first day of the dnc yeah yeah um yeah i mean so once I started watching it, uh, you know, I, I realized immediately that it was going to be another one of those, like, between two ferns, like, Obama the hipster, like, marketing thing where he somehow got, or just like the DNC got a bunch of celebrities to be involved who weren't has-beens. Because mm-hmm. the RNC was only able to get, like, Scott Baio and, like, one other TV star <laughs> <laughs> to talk, right? Yeah. Um, and somehow um, the DNC had like Elizabeth Banks. They had Sarah Silverman. Uh, Meryl they had, Streep. Um, who? Meryl Streep, Lena Dunham. Oh, I didn't even know they yeah. had her. See, I wasn't paying attention to the whole thing, but they uh, and they had Alicia Keys. And, wow. Um, and yeah, it was just fascinating that Sarah Silverman was one of these like Bernie or Bust people. And she's literally there on the first day of the convention um, lecturing the Bernie supporters and telling them that they're ridiculous. Like yeah. she went off teleprompter, uh, which was actually really interesting to see how many Bernie supporters there were inside the convention. Um, still like yelling, like there's a lot of like weird ambient, the difference between the RNC and the DNC that I immediately noticed. And maybe other people did too, is the ambient background sound yeah, of each yeah, convention. Yeah. It's like completely different energy. Right. Like the RNC, you don't even hear anything. Right, right. But then the DNC, you hear this like weird, like ambient, like yelling the whole time. And yeah. I was like confused. I was like, is that the Bernie people? Yeah. So let's talk about like, what, is that what that was that we were hearing at home? Yeah, there's there's a ton of dissent inside and out. It's it's unbelievable. And they can't hide it. Like when Leon Panetta was speaking. First of all, let's talk about who has spoken so far. 
Um, there's been multiple Republicans and like kind of this attempt to cater toward the GOP much more than progressives. There was this woman named Nina Turner who was a delegate um, for Bernie who actually was told that she wasn't able to speak anymore right before she was about to go up. So they like nixed her position, but instead, you know, Leon Panetta, the former CIA director, like what in the fuck is this? Um, up there endorsing Hillary. Then you have Michael Bloomberg, who is a billionaire stop and frisk extraordinaire civil rights stomper who was gonna run for third party against her he was gonna be like the independent insurgent you know like they, they, were, they were like all right like maybe michael bloomberg will come in like even though here's bernie sanders who's also an independent but of course he exposes their hypocrisies too much so it was like bizarre a to like give michael bloomberg a platform and and be just like this whole embracing of this liber like libertarian like independent candidate when they've ostracized bernie so much so right beef and then and then also on top of that Mitt Romney gave a little video message about how bad Trump is. Mitt Romney who ran against Obama uh in 2008 in 2012. And so, he was completely and he was advised by Robert Kagan and Dan Senor, like yeah. neocon tool. Yeah. Um and that's so weird. I mean that's just unprecedented to it's think insane. that like a former Republican candidate for president <laughs> Would not be sending a video to the RNC, even just a tokenistic one yeah. for the party, but would actually be sending one anti the other party's, their Shocking. own party's nomination. Shocking. That's insane. It's insane. And right before this came out, or right before the DNC started. And nobody started, likes Romney either. No, everyone so that's hates another him. weird reason. It's but sorry, absolutely insane. No, I mean, right before the DNC started, the WikiLeaks um, email trove got released of, you know, I don't know, I think 20,000 emails um, from the DNC, and it's just right, it was just so embarrassing for them because, of course, Debbie Wasserman Schultz has this fake resignation. The corporate media is forced to cover it, but then, of course, Hillary, within hours, appoints her to this top honorary position in her campaign and says, I'm pleased to announce that Debbie Wasserman Schultz will continue to be my surrogate, like admitting that she already has been her surrogate. So... You know, so Bernie people were especially just outraged and irate and, you know, already they were planning on like walking out and and just kind of protesting this whole thing once getting in. But I think on the heels of the DNC leak, they were just particularly disgusted and really have been showing their um, opposition the whole time. Like you had during Leon Panetta's speech, you had all these California delegates shouting no more war, no more war. And they shut the lights off in their section. And so you see this photo of them all holding up like little cell phone lights. Um, and then you have um, the Bernie walkout. So during Clinton's speech, all these Bernie delegates, I think like half of them all staged a giant walkout. No one covered it. Um, they went and they were trapped outside the media tent, in like 110 degree weather with no water and stuff. It was like a, they all like they almost got their credentials revoked because it was like this civil disobedience thing that no one wanted to acknowledge was happening. And then uh -huh. they shifted everyone around to make it seem like they, they weren't really missing from the crowd. But, I mean, it's just it's just bizarre. Well, should we, I mean, let's talk about this DNC leak a little bit. Because yeah. it, it almost seems like it's causing a lot of ripples outside of just this the electoral yeah. po political thing right now. And, and it's actually really alarming. Um, but I just really quickly wanted to mention about it that... Um, so, first of all, all these generic Democrats and people who are so terrified of Trump right now are saying that there's nothing new in the leak. It's not anything we didn't know. It's not anything that's not obvious already. Like, there's nothing newsworthy in the leak. Right. Like, I see all these idiots saying this. And here's the thing. 
this is not a leak from Hillary Clinton's campaign. Right. I think people are conflating the two. The DNC is supposed to be an independent entity that's not supposed to be working with right. Hillary's campaign right. until she wins the nomination. Right. Or until there's no contenders. Okay, let's be realistic, because I'm sure that they don't mm-hmm. wait until the mm-hmm. official nomination. But even still, you're, you're assuming that they're, that they're not in the pocket of one of the Democratic contenders' campaigns um, until it's over. But that wasn't the case. In the leaks, it's clear that the DNC is working with Hillary's campaign like from the very beginning yeah. of the primaries yeah. process. That's extremely bad. That's very corrupt. Uh, yeah, the RNC probably does that too. We don't have emails showing them talking about that. So it's really bad. Yeah, and also and there's leaks that show top donors being rewarded with positions. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is, sure, that's something that we already probably expected happened, but this is showing it right, in proof exactly. and who it is. And it's just like, it, it makes me so upset to see the electoral political uh, like time, the cycle, making people this dumb down and it's actually really disturbing because it's one another one of those moments where it's like it's our camp you know like yeah, we yeah, associate yeah. ourselves more with the left side of politics so it's really really creepy to see all these people not only saying that there's nothing in the leaks don't look at them don't worry about them they're also saying that it's russian it's oh my Putin god dude it. it's it's a it's a russian coup i thought when we when Abby, we were talking about this at first we thought that it was like you know, oh, how ridiculous. Of course, they're going to blame Russia, Vice, BuzzFeed. But then we didn't realize, I didn't realize that, that the no, campaign dude. was going to do it. It's off. It is everywhere. And it's not people on the right wing. The scary thing is everyone who's on the left who's so alarmed and upset that Trump is xenophobic. What is it when the entire collective left freaks out, shits their pants over the fact that Russian is controlling everything. Is that not xenophobia? That's insane. Is that not a crazy amount of paranoia and xenophobia? What is that then? I'm sorry, but that is extremely xenophobic and very classic 1950s Red Scare uh, McCarthy and style And WikiLeaks has shown my, time and again how there's publications that are contradicting themselves saying there is no proof that, first of all, there's no proof that it's Guccifer. The DNC email chain server has been hacked several times over the past year that's like that's like proof and it's been reported on several times so and also there's zero proof that it is russia it's like a complete insane detraction that actually means nothing did putin write these emails like even if it was first of all putin doesn't give a fuck about our elections like how how arrogant are we that we think that that russia's conspiring with trump to try to get trump elected like what? Who are we? It's crazy this narcissistic and weird. Abby. I mean, it, it. 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 The thing to me that I don't even think people are factoring into this is why would Trump rather have? I mean, let's just say, sorry, not Trump. Why would Putin yeah. want to have someone in who's going to de-escalate or who at least rhetorically says is going to de-escalate the new Cold War? Yeah, Putin has thrived right. and has gotten extremely popular by sparring back and forth with the totally. world's greatest superpower. He feeds off of it. And that's so why he has such a huge approval rating because people love it in course. Russia. It doesn't even it doesn't even make sense what what when you think about it. I mean, this is this idea basically stems from this this almost like a narcissistic paranoia like yeah. what you said it's yeah. narcissistic where we what we do to other countries like implant 
you know, things to create yeah. coups and do color revolutions. Like now we're so afraid somehow that Trump is, is that here and then he's been put up to it by Putin. Like, are you kidding me? We've really gone that far? Yeah. Like we're, it's almost like we're scared of our own tactics now or something. And then it's even better because the whole last 24 hours straight, including this morning when I turned on the TV, is that um, Trump is actually now calling Putin to hack. You heard that one now, right? Trump made a joke, very obviously, extremely blatantly, um, saying, yeah, I've never really talked to Putin. He was like, this is completely unfounded. He was like, but yeah, he's like, Putin, maybe you should uh, get those deleted emails, like making a joke. It was like funny. And now this has been like, Trump is encouraging Russian cyber terrorism. Yeah. And it's it's funny because you'll see totally lockstep the neocons and the democrats both saying things like this That's insane except i saw one neocon um i think it was on cnn last night who actually went off script and said what you just said about the the comments that yeah. he made and, and it was josh rogan i was actually surprised to see him not not <laughs> like he 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 didn't repeat that and it was josh rogan that, yeah josh rogan actually was like no like he was it was probably a joke like he kind of you. Had a moment of truth, little lapse there. It's just amazing um, how um, hysterical this talking point is now, and that it's like dominated even the DNC coverage. Is that Trump is encouraging cyber hacking? I've heard every single pundit say the same thing, and how it's a really, really serious thing. Really serious. Leon Panetta talked about it too. <laughs> it's it's I outrageous. Mean, it's outrageous. It's it's the most embarrassing thing I've seen happen to the left and the democratic mm-hmm. like side of politics in this country in a very very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I cannot think of the last time I was this embarrassed. Yeah, and it's not just like on t- the TV news media and stuff. I mean, the sad and scary thing for me is that I usually can lock down my Facebook feed pretty good. Like everybody complains, you know, oh my rel, I can't, I don't know how to defriend my relatives or how to hide my racist relative. Like somehow I don't have that problem on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Most of my feed is relatively left leaning, mm-hmm. reasonable. You know, there's some Hillary supporters, a lot of Bernie supporters. That was annoying, but yeah. um, but now it's, I swear to God, there are people who are maybe just a little bit older than us, I think these people are more susceptible to it, who are all saying that Trump is is a Russian plant. It's like insane. There's so many people it's saying insane. it on my Facebook right now. And that's not just, that can't just be like an anecdotal thing, like coincidence I'm noticing. Like there's something, this has infected the left and the Democratic Party to such an extent where um, I, I don't even know how to explain it other than just extremely dumbed down and paranoid. And it's dangerous to be thinking like this. It's a dangerous, it sets a dangerous precedent, I think. Of course. If, if everybody can so easily believe this, what's next? Right. Right. So that's, I mean, I don't want to rant too much about that anymore. But yeah, people should look into just how there's not any proof that this is a Russian government hack. There's some proof that some of the IP addresses came from Russia. That doesn't mean that it was a Russian government hack. And even if it was, why would they leave fingerprints going to it's Russia so if it was? so stupid. It's so stupid. The it's Russian like, why are we even talking about morons? this? No one's talking about the actual content of the leaks. It immediately just crossed over to now Putin's at fault somehow. All Every time. Yeah. It seems like it's the same story. Very strange. Um, let's talk about what else happened. Uh, day zero DNC leak. Day one um, was the democ- the first democracy spring event. So Mike, my producer, and I were on the ground. We were reporting. There was like three huge marches 
thousands and thousands of people strong. Three separate ones. Cornell West was leading one. Of course, he endorsed Jill Stein and has not endorsed Hillary. Um, there was a, a Berta Carceres, uh daughter, the woman who got assassinated in Honduras. I think I just said her name wrong, but her daughter was there leading this contingent. I got a really quick interview with her um, and just got to talk to all these Bernie or bus people. This was before Bernie spoke and actually really praised Hillary, um, but which was absolutely insane. Uh, but during that march, it was really great. I went out and talked to people. I'll link to this on the timeline if you want to see kind of in the in the heat of the moment in the march, talking to people about Tim Kaine, talking to people about the Debbie Wasserman Schultz thing and just about why they refused to vote for Hillary, even though Bernie has said to. So that night, um, we are on our way to go to this Democracy Spring action where there was a bunch of civil disobedience happening and a bunch of people we heard getting arrested. So first of all, the craziest thing about this whole convention is that all these protests were planned in downtown Philly. The convention itself was about three miles outside of downtown in like a very desolate baseball stadium you know like how baseball stadiums usually are like super far away from really town centers you know like the oak i think the oakland stadium is pretty far um stuff like that so i was like shocked first of all how hard it was to even get to the convention and then once you're on your way to the convention we heard that there was this public park that these people were protesting at fdr park and there was so many checkpoints and and so many fences and perimeter security gates that you couldn't even get like within a mile of it um and so all the train stations were blocked i mean it shows you first of all how insane like that you know these like free speech zones are um i don't know how it was at the rnc i was stunned to find out how far away we were purposefully placed reporters and and um protesters who were not like credentialed to be inside the dnc and also how it was impossible to even get to where these protests were happening so they had shut down all the metros, they had shut down all the streets. So unless you somehow were there already, like they wouldn't let anyone get to this area, this park. So we got in a taxi cab from downtown Philly once we realized the train stations were closed. Um, and we got, so we just jumped in a cab and we were like, just take us as close as we can to FDR Park. We, we really want to get and film these arrests and, and find out what's going on. And so this guy takes us, basically follows signs that all these Uber pools and lifts and taxis are going into the convention, like as close as you can get to the convention. So it's like a fair, it's like when you're going to the fair and it's like cars park here, taxis here, da da da. So we're going just where the signs are leading us in this taxi. And he drops us off in this big, huge parking lot that like Uber pools are dropping people off and stuff too. And we saw like a little opening where people were actually showing their credential passes for the DNC to get in, like to then go in another huge parking lot. And then the convention was like, you know, 100 meters away at this point or whatever. So we were just like, all right, we're going toward this park. We passed a bunch of cops on the way and we were like, hey, how do we get to this park? They kept pointing to the end of the uh, this parking lot. So we walked to the corner of the fence and um, this cop was there and, and he was like, hey, what do you you guys are in the wrong area? And we're like, oh. We have no idea. We like we just got dropped off by a taxi here. We're trying to get to this park. We're like, how do we get around this fence? And he was like, it's okay. Just walk down to the end of the, the parking lot. And he was like, there's a little exit right there. And there was like a bunch of people in there who were in the same situation who had just got randomly dropped off by like Uber pool. And then so we were walking toward the exit and this belligerent, psychotic woman, police officer was like, hey, she's like, where are your credentials? And I just like, 
took another step. Like Mike turned around and was like, this other police officer just told us that to come here. And like before he could even finish his sentence, she just like grabbed my dress, tore it. And basically, like, directed these two other officers who were standing three feet away at the exit, because we were almost at the exit, leaving, complying with the other police officer's orders, told them, arrest her. And they shoved me up against the fence, like, almost broke my wrists, um, contorted my elbows behind me, and were super abusive. And the woman just kept screaming to me, do you know what's happening in this country? Do you know what's happening in this country? And I was just like, what, what in the what fuck she is mean going by on? I don't know, Terrorism? I wonder if she meant like Donald Trump. No, 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 no. She was saying like, I need it. Like people, I don't know. I don't know what the hell she was talking about. She just kept That's saying, really you weird. look intelligent. Here, you look intelligent. Here's the thing I don't understand is, was it because you just kept like, why didn't she, why didn't they take Mike? If Mike was with you, what was the, what, what, would, what do you think the difference was the reason that they targeted you and they ran after you and treated you this aggressively because i wasn't go. i wasn't responding to her i just was like i just mike turned around and was like no we're walking toward the exit he was like this guy just told us and before he could even like finish he just like grabbed me because she was like pissed and power tripping that i didn't she was pissed that you just happened not to respond yeah like just moment. didn't respond and like look at her and be like oh my god what, even though what you're are we walking wrong? towards yeah, I was just, like walking already. like literally you're... two feet from the exit yeah and she was power tripping yeah. and probably got mad that you yep. just ignored her yeah, and exactly. kept walking. Exactly. That's what, what fucking that's what happened. Oh, so so I'm Jesus I'm Christ. pushed up against the fence just in shock. Mike is trying to film it, but the police officer covered his his uh, phone with his hat. So Mike is, is just like, why? He's like, are you going to arrest all these other people who are in here for no? Like, what is going on? We're just asking, why are we being arrested? I kept telling her, I'm press, I'm press. She didn't care. She didn't even ask to see my credentials. And so I just wow. get whisked away to this paddy wagon, and I was just like, well, I'm going to jail for no reason. Um, it was insane. The guy, I, I kept saying, what are you guys doing? I'm complying. We are complying with the police officer. I kept trying to explain to them that this other police officer told us to walk toward the exit. And that a taxi dropped us off, but they were just ignoring me. And the woman just kept saying, you seem really intelligent. Like, just psychotically power-tripping um, and just repeating that over and over again to me, it was bizarre. And then, so we get in front of this patio wagon and she just aggressively searches me, grabs my boobs, bears my ass, um, and just says, she's clear and just throws me in this patio wagon. It's freezing cold. My arms are in excruciating pain behind my back. The zip ties are so fucking tight. I can feel them cutting into my wrists and I had to go pee. And so I'm sitting there in a completely empty patty wagon. And it ended up being for at least two hours just sitting there until it was after dark. And they wouldn't answer any of my questions. They just kept looking at me with like utter disgust. And then when you realize, I guess, once you're in police custody, you are totally helpless. Um, you have absolutely no power. And, you know, I just kept thinking of like Freddie Gray and all these other people who just get in this crazy situation and cops can kill them. They can beat them. They can rape them, they can steal from them, and like they are just have supreme authority over your helplessness. Um, and yeah. you have to just completely capitulate to everything that they do, and you just have zero power, even though it was completely unlawful and totally unjustified what was happening. I couldn't do anything. And it almost doesn't, it almost ultimately doesn't matter. It's like yeah. constitu our constitution here obviously doesn't apply to like unlawful detainment, right? Or like searches and seizures, like. There's so many times the police can openly violate that that and get away with it. Um, and it is really disturbing. And what recourse do you have? Like you even said, they were like not 
you know, they wouldn't even identify themselves and they were just, you know, abusive and, and mocking you and stuff. And, uh, it just really, I guess it always surprises me just to think, you know, imagine these scenarios and to think that there's always like abusive cops there that'll abuse you. Um, and yeah. then almost like get off on just being abusive, even just abusive. I just mean like verbally abusing you, like making you feel bad, you know, like things like that. It's like, it just seems odd to me that that's all part of the training or it's like accepted in the climate of being a, a like a cop. Right. Then that's normal. Right. Um, and they were twisting and, and my hands change. a lot too. Like they were really, um, I was almost like limp because I could, it was like in such excruciating pain as they were dragging me to the pad and I was walking, but I was almost like could not continue to walk because of how badly she was twisting my arm back in the zip tie just to fuck with me. Um, because she just didn't like me, you know, she didn't like my attitude. And so I'm sitting there in the patio wagon. I have zero concept of time. I just kept thinking about my animals and what you guys were going to think, like, you know, telling mom and like where, how Mike was going to find me and stuff. And so after two hours and I I finally accepted my fate, I was like, okay, I'm going to spend the night in jail for no reason. I, I'm, why am I getting arrested? I was like, I'm just looking forward to finally going to jail and getting processed so I can get out of these like insanely tight ties and, and use the restroom you know it was like torture being in there and i kept wondering why there was no other protesters coming in this giant thing like why were they just sitting there i it would have been a completely different situation if i knew that i was going to get processed in several hours and like and not get actually arrested and thrown in jail like i had no idea what was going on um and i had no concept of that i was getting lumped in with like these other civil disobedience protesters because we hadn't even gotten over to that section yet so anyway finally the the car starts finally moving and i was just like holy shit thank god i was i just kept thinking about how horrible that is like when you just have when you're sitting there with no ability to move and you just you know what i mean it's just like the worst thing ever is you just have your own yeah, thoughts with you, you. Yeah, you don't, you don't know. They don't tell you. Yeah. That's part of the abuse. Like, yeah. they don't tell you what's going to happen to mm-hmm. you. They don't tell you why you're still being detained. Um, they just keep you in this state of limbo. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And remember during the RNC, like, I think the worst that it got that I can remember in recent memory was the 2004 RNC when they had that giant Warehouse. bus depot yeah. with all the exhaust people were throwing yep. up. There was, like oil stains all over the floor yeah, it was like people a huge warehouse with like no ventilation and they were just mass yeah, detaining I mean, people and imagine i mean it's it's fuck man like if the convention happened any at any point around the same time of the year that it is like when i visited you just now yeah. can you imagine the heat oh, plus yeah. that yeah. like fucking hell yeah. be like it would literally be like going into like a gulag or totally. something um totally so i just can't believe that they still get away with that shit and uh but at the same time, like, there were barely any protests for the RNC, and most of this was per- preparations. The police were probably poised for, like, Bernie protesters. Yeah. Um, so that's a difference. And I don't know. I mean, do you feel like there, it was even possible that they recognize you, like you were maybe on a list of some kind, or is that completely out of the question? I don't I mean, it's just outlandish. I, I don't know what it was. Uh, I don't want to go into, like, that territory without knowing but you but didn't, you didn't get any indication that they insane. recognized you and, no. sh- and took you out of no, the crowd. No, 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 no. Um, so, but, but really quickly, I wanted to just wrap it up by saying they finally, you know, they finally started moving and they brought me what I, to what I thought was going to be a jail, and it was just this elementary school. 
And I got out of the car and all these cops were just like, who is this person? Why is she here? Everyone's already processed and stuff. So I, they like purposely just kept me in as long as possible, dragged me in the very end of the night after everyone was already through this situation. And apparently, I mean, at least 28 other people were, were arrested in the same way that first night. I heard maybe up to 60 people were processed. But the thing is, I got in there, I got my mugshot taken and um, they cut the zip ties off and then I just got a citation. And they switched it. First, I was arrested for disorderly conduct, and then they switched the citation to just having no credentials in a credentialed area. And then I realized that this is just a tactic that police do to say that there was no arrests, you know? And Because all these people were calling the police station, and they were saying, no, we haven't arrested anyone. anyone. There's been no arrest at the DNC. And they still have maintained that line, I think, up until yesterday. But that's just the way that they can say there's no arrest, but have these insane mass detentions of whoever the hell they want dozens of protesters journalists abusive unlawful unconstitutional detentions and just be able to like hide it um it's insane i i had no idea that was happening and that was the story was how many arrests there really were so i don't know how often this happens yeah yeah so i don't know how often this happens but it must happen really often because when i called the philly police station it was just like 100% blanket denial of everything. That's so They denied crazy. that they had an elementary school set up for processing. Really? They denied that they had detained anybody. They denied that they detained you, obviously. Mm-hmm. I gave them your name. And they said, you know, she's a journalist. Where, you know, where are you holding her? They just acted completely oblivious. They did not give a shit. The guy on the phone was like rude to me. Right. It was the weirdest thing ever. I mean, um, so that's, I mean, I guess they just have no accountability. Yeah. You know, unless someone gets hurt, let's say you got hurt, then that's probably when they would be like, there would be like higher ups breathing down their neck to figure out what happened. But it yeah. almost to me just seemed like the Philly police was just kind of, I mean, like, did it seem like they had other police precincts or did yeah. it just look like, oh, no, it looked it like it was like massive contingent of other precincts that were in there. Cause there was like just so many. Style. Yeah. 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 Well then maybe that was it then maybe the Philly police just didn't. No, wasn't behind no, no. I think that stuff. they. I think, think that I definitely yeah. got arrested by Philly police, but I definitely saw other contingents of officers. But I definitely okay. do think that they just lied. Yeah, no, they, it's so. I guess that's weird that they lied to me, but um, they probably do that all the time mm-hmm. uh, when you call to check on arrest. You know, people who are arrested. It's just crazy that like my wrist is in excruciating pain. I have this brace on it right now. I tried to wrap it with like an ace bandage the first day, and it's just. Both of my wrists are fucked up, but my left one in particular is extremely in a lot of pain. And it's like, what do I even do? You know, it's like this wasn't filmed. I, I mean, it's just like insane. And I'm and I'm a very small microcosm of what the police state does on a daily basis and how many victims there are and what people go through. And this is an extremely small situation compared to other cases. I realize that, but it's just like, man. I mean how long is my wrist going to be fucked up? Like, I don't, you know, I can't afford to like go get x-rays and stuff. I can't even imagine. I mean, I mean like, what the and hell? even just, yeah, the, like the whole racial profiling, you know, and just the, how easy it is for a, for a cop to get away with like, not just killing a black yeah, person, yeah. but like really hurting them. Right. Really disturbing. I mean, I, I just saw a couple of videos recently and maybe you've seen these. They weren't deaths, but they were, like they like the people got paralyzed from the way yeah. the police were oh, handling God. them, 
And there was one of this kid who was probably a little bit of like a civil libertarian. He wouldn't get out of the car at first because he just asked, why are you asking me to get out of the car? Like, what did I do? And since the police won't answer him because he's like a macho motherfucking asshole, he just starts, he just basically takes the kid. um, First of all, he tases him in the car. Oh, my God. Like, for no reason. Like, super fast after this kid was just like, why, what what did I do? Why, Why are you asking me out of the car? And then as he's, like, paralyzed from the tase, he just pulls the kid out of the car, like, starts dragging him by his shirt on his back and literally just, like, lets go of his shirt and lets him, like, drop face first (gasps) on the pavement. And you hear it. You hear it in the video, like a cracking sound. The kid um, was in a coma. Oh, my God. He almost died. Just for asking asking why you pulling me out of the car. Yeah, and the cop is, you could tell the way he's, like, grabbing he's almost like you can tell he's probably like abused a child before yeah like by the way he's grabbing this kid's shirt and he just like drops him like that's normal for you to do to a human being like you fucking sick motherfucker right like you should go to jail at the very least and see that's 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 so so, what's so amazing robbie is half not half um tons of people basically told me a it was a publicity stunt yeah that's really fun um to get fucking arrested oh, like and, and new atheist control yeah like total control so it's shit. like first of all you look like you're resisting arrest it's like suck a dick um second of all all defending cops oh well you see people don't get arrested for no reason robbie people don't get abused by police for no reason what did you do um you must have been yelling at them you must have run up and and um antagonized them which by the way i've been to plenty of protests where police are trained very well and they should be to not react to anything that anyone says um, i've seen people yelling stuff in police's faces and they don't react because that's what they're trained to do they don't they can't arrest you for saying something to a cop um but i didn't say anything or do anything but of course people jump to defend cops you know it's the same people that are just like well what did alton sterling he was a criminal it's like oh so are we just go- so are we allowed to just go in and just execute people who have stolen things from convenience stores like is that the rule of law that you want in this country that's the law and order that you're supporting just extrajudicial assassinations of people who might have robbed stores or might have stolen a pack of gum when they were fucking 18 so this is this is is that a lot of these people are infowars people oh dude they like used to be half extremely of them were, anti-police. Dude, half of them were InfoWars people and half of them were like new atheists who were just like trolling me. And it's like, fuck you guys. It, it's insane. Which is super weird because it's like if you're supposed to be like questioning of authority, like the whole root of atheism right. is supposed to be like you question this dogmatic religious structure. So, but you apologize for the police, mm-hmm. like police mentality of yeah. like being violent and abusive. Yeah. Like what's wrong with you, you stupid fucking asshole? <laughs> it's disgusting. And so after, it's just so hypocritical. I forgot to tell you one all, one bizarre thing also is that when I finally got released, um, luckily Mike was there because he's awesome and tracked me down immediately got on oh, calls Mike, with Mike legal was the, the savior. Oh, he totally saved the day. And because what, was what in, he did yeah. was he, he told us about you getting arrested yeah. before we saw anything online. So it was like he softened the blow. He's like, just so you know, don't, don't <laughs> worry. It's like Abby got arrested. And then, like, he told me, like, off, like, I, I was like, what? I was like, did Abby get hurt? Because I didn't want mom to get yeah, too yeah, worried. Yeah. So he was like, yeah, they roughed her up a little bit. And uh, and I was, like, talking to him, like, privately. Right. Because I didn't want mom yeah. to totally freak out. Yeah. Um, 
and no, it was. Uh, I uh, I love you, Mike. Thanks for being there. <laughs> if you're listening, and I'm I mean, really uh, really good that you were there. Mike's a resident arrestee, so he knew exactly what to do. He called me the support, <laughs> and then he was at the jail, or the, I'm sorry, at the school, the warehouse facility. But what was amazing is that if he wasn't there, what would I have done? The cop was just like, "You can go," and it was in the middle of downtown Philadelphia, like at I don't know, like 11 or something. And I was like, wait a minute, where am I? It was like super scary. You know what I mean? And, and I had no phone. My phone was dead. I was like, wait, is this seriously what you're doing? You just process people and then like un unleash them in the streets. And so that was just like a, the icing on the cake. I was like, God, you guys are just so insane. Like what if you were, you're saying like, what if you were alone? Yeah, exactly. And they just let you yeah. out on the streets of yeah. Philadelphia yeah. with like nobody to talk right. to. And no way to call it, It's anyone. almost in some ways worse than being processed at a center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because at least you, you get the phone talk, call. You, know, you could have your phone call. Yeah. It's fucking funny. Yeah. And so then I found out. So after getting out of that. It was so traumatizing and I was just like so shaken up. You know, it's like I did have a little bit of PTSD because it was extremely traumatic experience. Um, so, yeah, it was a few hours, but it was very traumatizing and I did not know. And I saw the other people there. They had did not. People had seen the arrests. I talked to some other journalists who were like they thought that I was one of the like the civil disobedience people that was like. Basically, it was all arranged where a lot of people, you know, from the Democracy Spring Action are arranged with the police. Okay, we're going to jump over this barricade. There was even cops like helping them over and then they just kind of like softly arrest them. And, and, and you know, I even saw them like taking what? selfies in the police van. Yeah. Weird. But that's like kind of how these things work. Like at Congress, when that huge sit in with like hundreds of people got arrested, that, that was the same thing. It was kind of like they knew that it was going to be processed quickly. And because there was such an influx of arrests. But here, I had no idea that was going to happen. You know what I mean? So it was it was extremely traumatic. I didn't. I was not in the car with anyone. I had no idea that it was going to be a quick process. So anyway, then I found out that I had missed Bill Clinton giving like an hour long speech. He didn't look like he was dying. I don't know what happened. Maybe he got surgery, but um, no, he got um, makeup, dude. He oh, was, really? He didn't get like a facial peel. Face. No, he just had on a lot of makeup, but uh, he was still shaking. He really? definitely was. Yikes. Yeah, he had that shake, dude. Maybe Something's it's wrong. The, maybe it's the um maybe it's alcoholism. I mean, because that's his that's yeah. what his nose looked like before. It looked like he just had a whole bunch of capillaries that were just exploded, it could be. you know what I mean? Because think about look, compare him to Hillary, their level of spryness right, right. and how like like lit they both seem and yeah. on. Something's wrong with him. Oh yeah, something. I mean, really I wrong. I don't want to like I if it's Parkinson's or something. I don't yeah, want to be yeah, like, yeah, too mean about it. But I mean, it does seem like he could have Parkinson's right, of some kind. Right. And so um, and so apparently, you know, this is bizarre. First of all, Hillary's already said she wants Bill to run the economy. Great. Bill's already destroyed the economy. He was already our president. Very insane. Should be illegal, like you've said. But it was just insane that his whole speech was a him giving this intensely personal emotional appeal about how much he loves her and like laid out their entire love story so fucking fake this is coming from a guy who's had how many affairs i mean not even to mention the fact that he was impeached about lying about fucking an intern in the oval office he's had so many affairs even before that there's so many like rape allegations that i i'm not gonna say that i don't believe them I don't know. I haven't looked into it when he was governor of arkansas but it seems very strange that that's the route that he went you know what I mean? Yeah. Like after this insane scandal. Well, it was trying to be insane, insane series of scandals for his whole <laughs> life. It was it was trying to be 
it, it seemed to me like it was a really bad move because it made you think about him fucking other women. Right. I mean, honestly, and I don't think I'm the only one who had that response. I think a lot of people no, yeah. were like, oh, wow. That's all I could he's think about. He's really going hard for a case on like why, how he's so in love with this frumpy dykey. Basically, what he was saying, if you really think about it, he was saying that Hillary was a dykey-looking, frumpy non-makeup wearing wearing giant Jackie Onassis glasses in high school and man he still was attracted to her and still was fell in love with her I mean really that was his speech wow it's really weird wow it was almost like he's like which makes me think he wrote it himself or it didn't get vetted because that just seemed inappropriate to me no it was, it was totally inappropriate like implying that he just was so deeply in love with this like unattractive woman <laughs> And uh, and but and then we know he was fucking all these other women. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So it's just such a weird. It was just like great job, Bill. Thank you for that. Yeah, definitely don't know what to do with that. And like, bef- I think before even his speech, he gave an interview because he's been desperately trying to get out there. You know, get because he knows that he has some sort of approval rating with people like our you know mom's age and stuff who really like Bill and thought that he was a good president. Not that she does, obviously, but a lot of people still do. So he's been really milking himself lately to try to get get ahead. And on an interview that he did right before the convention, he was just like, right before Hillary decided to run, she told me, she was like, I'm not going to get any votes. It's like, he, like everyone has to just preempt <laughs> endorsing her with the precondition of how like unlikable she is. It's like, yes, we know. Like in Obama's um, interview about her, too, he was like, she's not the best speechwriter. She's not the best speech giver, but, but, but by golly, like she, she knows what she's doing. And it's like, this is the president's endorsement of her. It was so weird. It was like, everyone has to be like, yeah, we know she's strongly disliked, but please trust us. She's capable. Yeah. That's, I, that's a thing I didn't really pick up on because I didn't watch Mm -hmm. his speech. And, um, I mean, I did watch part of it, but yeah, that is really interesting that, they're trying to like say yeah like kind of like we understand that she's not that well liked but, <laughs> but this is her time this is her time it's her turn it really is her turn you know and that's what politics is all about um it's so funny how too how weird is yeah. it too go on oh i just gonna say how weird is it that obama and biden like didn't really endorse her until very very recently actually like, it almost seemed like Biden was endorsing Bernie for a long time. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. What was that about? I don't know. I don't know what that was about. Um, that was weird. I think he was just, like, holding off. He wasn't really endorsing him. He just didn't endorse but her. why? I don't know, because he didn't want to appear is that normal? too Did obvious. The, does people in government not usually endorse someone until it's closer to the nomination there's, process? There's so Maybe many that's... things that have happened that I don't remember ever happening before in this election. Yeah. Um. And then you have Bernie going up there and just completely, I mean, even before the convention, he was like still kind of half-assedly, like he even said, like, I totally get why people don't want to vote for Hillary. He's even like said stuff like that. And I even saw a video from him 10 years ago. Maybe it wasn't even that old of him saying how absurd the lesser of two evilism fear mongering is, how people should really vote for the Green Party if they want to, how insane it is that people think that any change will come from within the Democratic Party. And so it was just wow. shocking. It reminded me of the Dennis Kucinich plane ride, you know, where he changed his vote on the health care after taking that private plane ride with Obama. It reminded me of this. Yeah. Um, that all of a sudden Obama, you know, all of a sudden Bernie's just like balls to the wall for Hillary. 
the antithesis of everything that he's rallied against for this entire campaign. So extremely too much to bear. I, I didn't watch it. I saw enough transcribed to, to know that I, I don't need to watch it. But it didn't change the Bernie supporters. The next day we went out there and thousands of people would almost seem like Coachella. They're just like tons of people were camping out, occupying this park. And like thousands of people were just in this park, like still all for Bernie and all just saying we, we refuse to vote for Hillary. But like we still support Bernie. And I was just like, but how? He just said like you guys should vote for her, you know? So it's just yeah. a really bizarre, interesting time where people are rejecting just, what he says even though they're still like he doesn't mean it he's like been forced to do this we still support him i know it's just sad because um that's the problem they they got boxed in yeah because they supported bernie sanders i, I mean let's face it like he really was not that that great of a candidate i mean he had a lot of really good rhetoric on the on the domestic front mm -hmm. extremely good rhetoric um but uh, the foreign policy front, one of the most crucial things happening in the world right now, this direction we're going in, he had very little to say about it. And uh, it was sh actually shocking to me how little, how little opportunities he took to go after Hillary for her foreign policy record. Oh, well, um, cause because he couldn't. Edited. Because he, he basically is an imperialist too. So that's why he like totally omitted yeah. that whole connection. He's I like think. a realist. He's like a realist light. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know. Yeah, no, it, it, so I, I just never, I, I mean, I knew that he would sell out. I mean, you have, that's something yeah. you have to be against right now. If you're not, right. then you're, to me, you're just not real. I don't care what you believe inside. Like if you're off, if you're on a different track from stopping our, our imperialistic aims, then you're not to me. You're just not really an important figure in society right now. And their whole so, the whole convention's sorry. theme is Trump. Um, that's the entire yeah. theme of the convention is how terrifying Trump is. Obama in his speech he said Trump might actually scare enough people to win. And it's like, wait a minute, your guys's whole winning strategy is scaring enough people to vote against him. That's that's what this yeah. is. So don't fucking tell us that Trump's going to win because he's scaring people. That's your tactic, bro. Like, both of your tactics. So don't yeah, act no, like this is. is not happening with both parties across the board in an extremely pathetic way. And, and I wanted to mention something else really absurd about one whole day, you know, all these, like, bullshit, like, coming together and unite and unity, party oh. unity. I'm sorry, there's no party unity here. Um, half the Bernie delegates walked out. They're staging protests. There's massive disruptions there's thousands of bernie supporters outside pounding on the gates screaming at people walking in i mean that's how crazy it is out there and on top of that all this kind of like yelling at people who are giving speeches like the panetta thing there's people who are trying to hold up palestine and tpp signs that are getting crushed and taken away from them snapped out of their hands i saw this other black journalist from real news get her credentials taken away like for no reason she was just trying to get me to do an interview and the cop just took her credentials um it, it's insane the level of aggression like and people want to talk about the rnc and how scary that'll i mean i the only thing that i'm scared of right now is what i just went through um and this kind of authoritarian adoption of like policing and just crushing yeah. of any sort of dissent 
Um, they're pretending like there's all this unification behind it. And, you know, Mike did this interview on BBC with the, one of the Young Turks guys who's been inside the convention the whole time. And Mike and him had a really interesting dialogue because the other guy was saying, yeah, he's like, it's just, you know, it's like cool to just see how, how you know, Hillary, people are just unifying behind her. And Mike was like, that's not, that's the opposite of what I'm experiencing. It was just like an interesting, like, insider, outsider of the convention perspective. So it's just kind of so fake, you know, and then, and then yesterday you have the whole day, all these gun victims, um, Tulsi Gifford or whatever her name is, very sad. And then like, uh, you know, all these different victims of like Sandy Hook and all this stuff. And it's like, this is so weird because Hillary is acting like she's always been some strong anti-NRA person when just in 2008, she was called Annie Oakley by Obama. He literally was like, Annie Oakley again, because all she would do was like stump around about how much she loved to shoot guns and how she would never endorse federal ban like legislation on guns. So it's like, where did this come from? And this is like her main tenant. You know what I mean? Now. Oh, yeah. So it's just really interesting to see that this is one of her main platforms is the gun thing. And for them to actually exploit all these gun victims so callously and obviously for an entire day. Um, so that was really shocking. And then and then yesterday, 39 people more were arrested outside of the delegate. Um, people were pepper sprayed by police. Um, Code Pink staged a pro-Palestine thing. Nina... That woman who was going to speak for Bernie but then got shut out had a press conference with a bunch of people like the guy from Gasland, Rosario Dawson, Susan Saran, and all these people are like trying to... Danny Glover was there. So there's a bunch of good people there who are not falling prey to this and who are still speaking out. But of course, their voices are not getting heard if you're watching mainstream media. This is all stuff that I'm finding online. Um, there's the there's the turning off the lights thing. There's the... Um, yeah, it's just it's just a bad look. Um, everything's a bad look right now for the Democratic Party. And then all these Republicans speaking. Oh, and then I saw Tim Kaine's speech last night. I felt like it was... I, I, I was super tired when I was watching it, which maybe didn't help, but I was shocked at how bad he was. Um, you know, and then today, of course, after Bill Clinton's speech, everyone's praising him as, like, this saint, and it was the best speech ever in the world, and how beautiful their love story is. And then today, everyone's saying, Tim Kaine, cute grandpa, lovable dad. And it was like, ah. what? Like, this guy was so babyish, bad, it was almost like he'd never given a speech before, and then he just kept randomly saying Spanish words that, like, were just totally out of the blue. That was just like, all right, dude, we get it, you speak Spanish, like... All right, you don't need to just like randomly say the word casa when you're just giving a speech. You know what I mean? It was completely insane. I. It's just, Why did they both? <laughs> is it just me or did they both pick VPs that looked like different kinds of Simpsons characters? Yeah, Tim Kaine does look like a like Simpsons Tim Kaine looks like a like a little. I just don't know how to explain it. Yeah. I mean, definitely Pence looks way more oh, like yeah, a straight yeah, yeah. up Simpsons character. He does like a hundred percent. Yeah, he looks like a bus dude. Um, <laughs> you know msnbc which is like considered the mainstream media but they're supposed to be like you know msnbc a lot of people on the left who we respect they still seem to respect chris hayes like he's still like a respectable guy over at msnbc so it's really interesting to me to even see him like going into some like weird ass brainwash territory where he was talking about hillary and how he knows a lot of people who worked for hillary like a different point in her career. Yeah. Because oh. he's like an insider, like a bubble mm -hmm. 
you know, total insider or whatever. But he was like, I don't think people understand that she is an incredibly gracious person. What? These people were telling me that there was these selfless moments of grace all throughout their employment for her. That it was incredible. It was impressive. It was embarrassing. Where um, one of my friends who stayed late a late night who worked overtime for her, um, she ended up sleeping in the office and fell asleep and was really embarrassed because she was working so hard and didn't mean to fall asleep there. And the next morning, man, Hillary left a note saying, keep up the hard work and with a little happy face on it. And those selfless moments of grace... It was just honestly like cult-like. I was floored by what he was saying. Another selfless and moment just, of grace is when she chose to drone assassinate people on her cell phone. Approved. Text message approved. What a psychotic, sycophantic thing. Like I know. That's and insane. it's just like... And, it's, and the sad thing was it seemed like he was actually really trying to seriously make this pitch. Like he didn't realize how weird and pretentious and like inside of a bubble like elitist it sounded it's like first of all we don't want to know how many of your friends work for hillary clinton that's actually something you should be embarrassed of talking about on television dude right right yeah exactly it just seems it just seems odd that he would say that as if he's proud of it right you should not be proud of that that's embarrassing it is embarrassing bro it is embarrassing hate these people another thing that's embarrassing (laughs) is how you know, like the whole like Trump on um, Latinos and stuff is horrible, and and he's you know he's risen to power basically dehumanizing Latinos and all this stuff. And but I mean, really, you're looking at the DNC stuff, you know, and all these people are now get ready for like six months of just like complete bullying to a point where I don't even know if we've ever seen it like this. Even though she's the most conservative right wing warmongering candidate we've had, you know, Obama was much better than this, but. The whole, like, she's going to be way better for minorities and stuff. I'm not convinced. Obama deported more immigrants than any other president. Hillary's whole, um, her family, Bill and her, implemented NAFTA and the prison industrial complex. So I don't, I'm sorry. And then also this DNC leak getting out the Latino vote just to hammer this home that I actually thought was fake because it was so disturbing, but it's like just treating Latinos as if they're just like prizes. Um, it says Hispanics are the most brand loyal consumers in the world. Known fact. Um, they're gen- you know, entire families cause they have like such big families, Latinos. So it's Fucking the brand disgusting. loyalty is generational. And then it says they never reengage once they lose this loyalty. It's like Hispanics are unforgiving. And then at the end, it but says, Abby, that's not racist. Oh yeah. It's not racist at all. People. And then I got, hounded by people being like you're stupid for thinking this is racist it's like well marketing is racist you don't think marketing appeals to like poor generalizations of races and and then here's the most offensive part is it says hispanics are the most responsive to storytelling so basically they're just dumb they're just susceptible to good old stories aren't they the chupacabra is going to come and get you yeah i mean hispanics are really susceptible to storytelling i mean you gotta you're being too PC. Yeah, someone was like, is it racist also to say <laughs> French people like cheese? And I was like, wow, Holy you are a complete shit, dude. What a moron. Dumb fucking idiot. Holy <laughs> you fuck. You are a These complete moron. new atheists need to get fucked <laughs> up, dude. They're such annoying loser. It's just so sad that they act like they're real. You're phony motherfuckers, it's crazy. dude. Stop it. It's crazy. It just makes me sad. Yeah, I know. This is funny. During the convention last night, so, you know, I went to this Hillary event. And uh, I had to, to go. I had to donate. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To, Sorry, I, I thought you meant last Hillary night. <laughs> the, the Hillary event with Robert Kagan in D.C. 
I had to pay money to, to donate to Hillary's campaign. That was the ticket entry price, was like a donation to Hillary. So, of course, they signed me up to her email list. And during the convention, I have been getting incessantly emailed from her uh, campaign. Like, it's constant. So I got an email from Bill Clinton yesterday saying, I hope you're watching in the subject line. And then like an hour later, one from uh, Cory Booker saying with the subject line, fear mongering, Robert, our convention, blah, blah, blah. And then another one from Al Franken uh, an hour later saying, I'm all in, Robert. Are you? Wow. Let's do a little more donations. And every single one of these emails is asking me to donate more money. And it's saying, um, so Tim Kaine, Robert, are you with us? It's an honor to speak to you, Robert. Will you donate more money to Hillary Clinton? And then the next email, two hours later at 8.42 p.m. was from Barack Obama saying, hey, the subject line, proud to stand with Hillary. Robert, I cannot imagine a better president than Hillary Clinton. I cannot imagine. (laughs) But it's just funny that I'm getting, I got an email from Barack Obama with the subject line, hey. (laughs) Like, it's almost like he's still milk toast about her. Like, he doesn't even. Hey. 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 But what should we say for the subject line of Obama's email to the list? Let's just put hey. Let's just put, we know she's not a good speaker, but dot, dot, dot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we know you hate her, dot, 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 but. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then the next email I got was from Hillary Clinton saying, here's how we could lose this race. So then a lot of it's now fear-mongering saying that Trump is climbing in the polls and they're very upset. Um, so... Yeah, it's just sad. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, Well, you know, this is getting to be a little bit long, um, and we still have tonight to deal with. But uh, it is so sad to see so many people just kind of falling prey to this lesser people thing that I really thought was going to be on our side because they know how freaking scary Hillary Clinton is, you know, and I'm not trying to scare people, but I'm just saying, man, I mean, just look into her record. It's super laid out. Like this is, no, I'm I not mean, doing even it. If you, it's just nuts. No. And, it, and if you take everything Trump has said rhetorically, it still doesn't, it, it honestly doesn't even come close to what Hillary Clinton has said and done. So I just don't understand. I mean, and no, I, once again, just to remind the listeners, I am not pro-Trump, and I'm not voting for Trump. I don't. Um, I, I just think this is the truth that it's clear that Hillary Clinton is a very dangerous candidate in this election. It's clear by any measure, any indicator. And um, yeah, yeah, go on. No, I mean, just and fear-mongering about Trump is really the only thing I've seen to suck intelligent people that I know into backing her. It's the only thing. Um, that's all they have, I think, to get younger voters. Yeah, and, and look at how they've rewarded, you know, this progressive swell of support behind Bernie, the millions of people who have been trying to show how they want a leftist presence in the Democratic Party. Um, and instead, they've rewarded only Republicans. It's like they completely have squashed all of Bernie's, like, support. Um, and I'm putting Bernie aside I'm putting Bernie aside, and I'm just talking about the people. You know, they did not... All they've done is basically shift it to the right. The Tim Kaine nomination, um, all these Republicans speaking there, it's like they're literally just trying to... They're totally ignoring all the leftists and progressives in this country and just going straight to, like, centrists and potential Trump voters at this point. As they always do. 
It's insane. So don't do. tell me that we're going to make moves and reforms within the Democratic Party. I'm done. No. How many year? How many more elections are we going to go through? How much more is the world going to be destroyed before we finally no. say no? It's crazy. And think about this. President Bush wasn't even really like a pro. I mean, he was, he, he never really made a big deal about like being pro law and order, you know, like domestic police enrichment. You know, the whole homeland security, like militarization of police that happened under Bush was almost like, I would almost describe it more like James Risen does in his book. It was like the terrorism bonanza. Right. It was like a gold terrorism gold rush. All these police departments probably got free. You know, they just got all this new shit, new training. Um, I'm sure there was some institutional, you know, like attempt to get police to be more militarized in there. I'm sure that was there. But mo- I-, I feel like a lot of the police, the worst police shit has happened like under the Obama presidency. And if that's what kind of law and order reform we're, we're going to see under a Democratic president, it's really bad because it just can, it just keeps getting worse and worse. As this, it's what you said to Paul in that debate on Real News, that every time we elect a Democrat, we get more and more closer to this right-wing fascism. Mm-hmm. It, hap- it's, it happens. Mm-hmm. That's, that happens. Um, so I just think that's, I mean, that's a really true thing. And I think that, you know, Trump getting in, um, you know, he would probably, you know, have law and order be, you know, more of like a, a platform and actually make you know, it harder for people in this country, like minorities and stuff. But I already see that happening under the democratic party already. Um, so it's, it's kind of like you're, I mean, it's, you're fucked either way in that regard. Um, but the Democrats aren't promising to really change it. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's, yeah, I, I mean, it kind of a little pointless rant, but I mean, it's just, it's, it's the same. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's time to put a, draw a line in the sand. I mean, I refuse my main issue is war and imperialism and ending the empire. You know what I mean? So it's like, why would I endorse someone who would, who's would do the opposite it's like it doesn't make any sense i'm sorry trump is not enough to do that and i'm not i refuse to buy into this politics of fear i refuse it's a total trap and if you fucking bring up supreme court justice i'm gonna flip the table over because obama just picked a republican so there you go oh my god i saw someone else tweet like get ready get ready for months of this and then on top of all this going back to the trump is a Russian plan thing, politics of fear, I mean, then you're injecting that into there, it's like politics of hysteria, really, at that point. Right. Like, we're in a hysterical fucking state if we're actually seriously thinking that Trump is a Russian Manchurian candidate. That's what they're saying. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, I can't believe that's, that's where we're have, at, dude. Abby. That's all I have, dude. And that's the Democratic Party putting that out. That's not the Republicans. Yeah, it's like they should. Well, they should have at least like just fed what it to the, the media instead of saying that that was their official line because that that looks real bad. But everyone's but buying it. But the sad it. thing is, everyone's Abby, people it. are buying yeah. it. All these. Here's the crazy thing. On Facebook, I'm friends with like a lot of people from the local music scene, and a lot of people our age. We're Bernie supporters. They don't like Hillary, but they also hate Trump, right? Pretty typical. Mm-hmm. But there's a generation of slightly older than us, you know, musicians and artists, liberals, who are completely buying this idea that Trump is a Russian plant 
and that Hillary is the only thing we can do to save our country, and we need to vote for her. And it, and it just blows my fucking mind to see these people oh saying God. this. And it's and it's rampant. I see it all over the place. Um, so we might as well just live in a dictatorship. What's the difference? They just choose. I, know. I mean, it's like I'm, I would rather just have someone, so everyone realizes. No. That we just have. Like, I feel a like this is. The, it's like what's the. Difference, I feel like dude? a two-party system really does manipulate your your mental state, and I don't think they go through this in the UK. When they have elections, they don't. It's not quite like this, where no, there's this there's weird, no desperate like fear mongering. Um, there's just so much at stake. I think that's why it's like we barely have anything resembling a democracy, and there's so much at stake. We are a global superpower. We have a huge country right. filled with so many different minorities and different people living together. I mean, so the desperation makes sense, but it needs to fucking stop because it's it's hurt. It really does hurt the debate and hurt critical thinking in this country. Mm-hmm. A lot. It does. Um, we need to rise above this four-year electoral cycle. Um, it's the only way we're going to get through this. The lesser two evils, it's it's not working for us anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can even see the mainstream media is reflecting this. This is the interesting thing to me, is it's not just us who are feeling this way. It's not just disillusioned voters. The mainstream media is bringing on Jill Stein and Gary Johnson like way more than they would have four years ago. Like, they're opening the door to, like, third parties almost because they're just, like, burnt out. Not even that they, like, respect third parties. It's just almost like they're getting the burnout effect. So they're like, we need more variety here or something. I don't, Do I don't agree with that at all. I don't think that they're doing it to get more variety. I think that they're probably doing it just to mock them. I mean, I just, I just saw the media starting to talk about the spoiler thing. The only time I ever saw anyone mention Jill Stein was how she's going to be a spoiler. And the only reason Gary Johnson is even getting a, a little bit of love is because, like, huge people like Bill Crystal, who are regular pundits on MSNBC, oh, the Republican are the ones who are like, yeah, yeah like, it's, it's like they kind of have to talk about it. But I don't think that they're doing that to, like, because they think that's, like, the last thing that But, they I mean, want. you do notice that there are more people in the mainstream talking about the third party yeah, oh, yeah. candidates, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what do you think that's, I mean, I guess that's really all, I mean, I don't know why that's happening, but I do, it's, I'm noticing it. Because they're difference. worried about the spoiler. They're, they're, they know how many people hate Hillary. They know that a lot of people are going to toward okay. Jill Stein, and so they're, like, putting it out there to, because they know that it's an inevitability, and it's going to be, like, a, probably not a major scale, but they definitely are trying to, you know, like, not completely omit this from the discussion, I think, because they don't want to seem complete shills. It was funny when they didn't, when they refused to cover the leak, and then when they were forced to, it just immediately started talking about Putin. I was like, wow, that was fast. That was a fast turnaround. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it was like, okay, good, they're finally covering it. Oh, Manchurian candidate. Whoops. It's too bad. Yeah, I mean, Van Jones was like the only guy on CNN I saw who wasn't Jeez. Uh, going along with that. Jeez, um, dude. And that guy, like, Jakari something, like, uh, another guy on the panel was, like, totally pushing it. It's insane, man. And all these, like, liberal journalists I'm talking to on Twitter who are following along with it, too, I just keep asking them, where is the evidence? Well, all this, like, if you're, like, tech savvy, you'd understand the evidence has, like, already been out there. Like That's weird. The thing is, like, there's, it's like, well, okay, well, explain it. Say, I'm not tech savvy. Explain it to someone who's not. And he couldn't. He just didn't. He just didn't take the opportunity to. It's like, well, how? This is bullshit, dude. And even if and, and I looked at that evidence and I saw someone break else breaking it down, and they were like, 
there are like cartoonish markers here that no Russian intelligence government entity would ever leave in a hack. It doesn't even make sense. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening, for listening to Media Roots Radio, for all your support and love. And um, it's been a completely insane couple of days. And I really appreciate everyone, you know, supporting me and, and reaching out and everything that uh, all the messages and notes and everything like that. Um, check out A Very Heavy Agenda, three-part series. Uh, the third part was just completed. It's an amazing, explosive um, trilogy about the neocons and masterfully done by my brother. And check out Emperor Files. There's an pre- uh, interview with President Correa of Ecuador coming out tonight. Yeah, yeah, please check that out. And uh, Abby's got a bunch more coverage from Ecuador. Yeah. Um, that's all in the pipeline and uh it's really amazing stuff so yeah we'll talk about that in a whole other episode for show yeah and uh stay sane out there i know the political this the rncs and the dncs are extremely depressing and overwhelming for me so i can only imagine um you know for the listeners out there how it must make them feel so just stay strong and try not to get too sucked into arguing with people it's really easy to want to you know just passionately i mean i'm not saying don't argue with people but just try not to get too emotional about it because everybody is getting emotional and tensions are rising angers um at a higher level than i've seen before in other elections and um just uh just remember that just can you know just check in with yourself and just see where you're at emotionally because i I think a lot of people are in pain right now from what's going on even people who are deciding to vote for hillary clinton a lot of this fear mongering those people are in pain who are so afraid right now so just always vote um, with who you want to there's other parties gloria la riva with eugene Pereira as the vp and then you have jill stein of course so there's a, a lot of other options that fit much more in line with my values uh, and moral compass and I just think that everyone should vote for whoever the hell they want to and don't ever listen to what the establishment is bullying you into because we live in a dictatorship and it's just like our uh, this a grand illusion of some sort of democratic choice. It's disgusting and it needs to end. And the real change is always going to happen in the streets. I just saw it myself with my own eyes and it was extremely inspiring to see how many tens of thousands of people agree with us and are not buying into the politics of fear and are working toward a better tomorrow and and you know to to bring down this absurd empire that we're living in and finally provide our resources for good so keep it up let us know what you think donate to mediaroots.org and thanks so much everyone yeah and if you donate to mediaroots.org um, and you want to donate specifically to the podcast put podcast in the um, notes for paypal